0: That's N-O-O-M dot to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pitching. I'm Nick Pollack. I'll be joined by Alex Fast as we talk to Lewis Thorpe of the Minnesota Twins, a prospect in their system, made his MLB debut in 2019, and we're really excited to get a chance to talk to him before he really takes that center stage, hopefully as a starting pitcher down the line. And uh, I just want to remind everybody before then that we have this amazing tournament going on. Twitter right now at baseball pods has been organizing it for the past two weeks. We are currently in the final four. It's ridiculous. And really, thank you so much for voting for the Pitchless podcast. It really blows my mind that we've, we're in the final four right now. We could even make the finals. I'm going to be doing two things if we make the, the finals and win the whole thing. If we make it to the finals, I will curse on the podcast. And then if we make it to if we win the whole thing, I will shave my head and live stream it to everybody. So please go out there and vote on Wednesday. Uh, it's going until 9 p.m. You can see it on my Twitter feed at pitcherlist, also on Alex Fast, the Alex Fast eight. Give us both a follow there. Hopefully we have your vote and push us into the finals, and that would be on Thursday. So hopefully you can do that. It's uh, it's really blows my mind that we're even in this position. Really, thank you so much for putting us there. And uh, enjoy this podcast today with Lewis Thorpe. I'm sure you're going to like it. What is up? Welcome to another
1: very
2: special episode of On the Corner. We are super excited today to have a really amazing guest. He's the winner of the 2012 Golden Arm from the Australian Baseball Federation. The person responsible for handing the U.S. their only loss in the 2013 Under-18 Baseball World Cup. The Twins representative in the 2018 Futures game and a star on Cameo, I might add. You can find him on Twitter at LJThorpe33. That's the one and only Lewis Thorpe. Lewis,
0: thanks so much for taking the time and joining us today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's really
0: cool having you here. And um, we were just talking about this beforehand, but so so how are you handling this in, is quarantine, this delayed season? Uh, where are you right now?
1: I'm down in Naples right now. I came to pick up a couple of things for me and Buck at his place, and uh, I'm going to head back to Georgia here in the next couple of days. But I've just been trying to relax, man, trying to stay loose and not think about what's going on in the world. You know, it's tough times, but, uh, you know, I pray that every day, this goes away, and hopefully soon it does, and we can get back to playing baseball.
0: Oh man, that would be that would be so great. Did I hear that you're you're staying with Buxton? Is that right?
1: Yeah, I'm staying down there with uh, in Georgia with him, him and his wife and uh, his son Brixton. So yeah, it's been I've been staying there for like two weeks, and it's been relaxing. You know, just he's, he's got a weight room, and me and him have been working out together, and just doing everything basically.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Is he is he your throwing partner as well?
1: Yeah, he's gone down he's gone down on a bucket and squatted and caught me a couple of times. He's actually pretty good, so maybe that could be a backup plan, maybe. Hopefully he doesn't need it. But no, nah, he's uh he's an athlete, you know, he can do it all. He's he's truly an amazing person.
0: Fast would he be the fastest catcher in the league? Yeah, without a
2: doubt. <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah. I
1: feel without a doubt.
2: Yeah, you're not <laughs> wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have yeah, a feeling like, like, no, absolutely not. I have a feeling everyone who is a Twins fan is going to be very excited to hear that you are rooming with Byron Buxton. That's awesome to hear. Um, so you you signed at, at 16 years old. That's often associated with guys from Latin America or their Caribbean. Um, what what was that process like for you? What were your, what were your expectations there?
1: You know, it was different. Um, I didn't know. Uh, my parents didn't really know what to do either, so... After all these world tournaments and stuff, going to play like you said, we went to Taiwan and I, I beat USA after my first year in the GCL. But like before then, we had tournaments all over, like Japan, the States, South Korea, Guam, and all that. And just international scouts came and saw, and you know that's how the exposure happened. And the first card I got was by the Yankees, and uh, after that. It, sort of became a reality that, hey, I actually have a chance to get over to the States and play Pro Bowl. So it was pretty cool, you know. But, like, I had to get an agent because my parents didn't know how to negotiate and with contracts and all that. So, yeah, the agent was uh, Bruce Cater, but uh, I'm no longer with him. He's from Australia.
2: Gotcha. So, I, I mean, we're obviously going to talk about it and all the amazing accomplishments that you've done recently. But, I mean, like, it's like I said in the intro, you you handed the U.S. their only loss. And I believe you shut them out,
0: didn't how, you? How dare
2: you?
1: I know, right? That was crazy. So it was after my first year in the GCL, and um, coming back, I had a good year. And uh, they didn't have my uh, pants size, so like I was wearing these tight pants, and I just remember I had a pretty rough first inning. And uh, the US were it sort of talking smack, and after that, there was a few words said, and I was just, I just saw red and just absolutely shoved, and we ended up winning one nothing boys behind me did pretty well really well in defense and you know we only needed one as soon as we scored that one i said that's all we need fellas
0: oh man they were were talking smack is that right
1: yeah well i I don't want to swear on the on the (laughs) podcast but uh yeah i was talking a little bit of. so yeah (laughs) um i turned around and said something after i got out of the inning and uh yeah i just i wasn't very happy with the words that they were saying about yeah. my pants, you know, because yeah. obviously I can't control that. But now I'm a little bit more controllable on the mound.
0: <laughs> that that's absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, so so just to dive a little bit more about that whole process for you, which is incredible, and I, I'm I'm obviously so curious about it because it's not every day that we get to talk to someone that was you know, recruited from from Australia. Uh, yeah. So so what like what is that scouting process like? I mean, you say you got the first call from the Yankees. Uh, was it um, just a random phone call? Did you know that they were watching your games? Were there other teams involved here? Obviously, there were.
1: So uh, it was like a so it's called club Bowl in Australia. It's I like got local leagues, and uh, I was I was playing in the men's league. I was I was fifteen at the time, so I was playing with like twenty five, thirty, forty year olds. So a lot of uh, older than me. And uh, after I got done with the game, I was speaking to like I don't know who. I, was, I think I was speaking to mom and dad, and then this guy approached us and. He was a scout with the New York Yankees, his name was uh John Wells uh Wadsworth. And uh he gave us a card and said we're gonna keep in contact and keep coming out and looking and then after that he came and approached more people started to approach me and then the Australian Academy, we have this thing up in uh the Gold Coast and it's basically like a six to eight week camp where Scouts come, we play games against each other, so it's like the best people in Australia in that age group come out, so it's anywhere between like 16 and 20 years old, I think. Man. That and man, that's man. how like it all really came about, and mm-hmm. then I uh, rem- remember the twin scout, Howard Northsetter, kept coming to every game, and you know, he, we, me and him formed a pretty good relationship over the years, and he's just a good person, and uh, yeah, he's the one that's timed me.
0: That, that's wild. Uh, so, I imagine um, your slider was the main thing that, that struck his eye. Was that always a pitch that you just had when you were young? And, yeah, that, I mean, that's I mean, for us, that's the thing that's really surprised us and been that kind of wow pitch. I mean, for for the nitty gritty out there, for those that aren't really aware of your Arsenal, that had an over 20% swing strike rate, which is great, a near 50% zone rate, and uh, 48% O swing, which are stupid good numbers. I mean, it's a small sample that you had in 2019, but. That's really, really encouraging. I remember, actually, that first start you had. Um, you, you performed really well with it. Was that something yeah. you always had? Was that what you were doing there in that uh, that club league?
1: No, so I didn't have that slider until 2017. Oh, wow. Not even, maybe 2018. I just, you know, started playing around with it after I came back from surgery. And, uh, you know, I kept throwing it, kept throwing it, and it got better and better. And, uh, yes, so I didn't even have that pitch even before I signed I was just fastball curveball changeup and uh, you know that pitch at Ivana, our double A coach taught it to me and um, I just started ripping it like a just like a fastball and all of a sudden I started getting these swing and misses and I was just like this pitch could be something special and you know I got used to throwing it and now I just trust it in any count any time I can throw it 3-0 or you know 3-0 and I get a swing out of it so it's just a pitch that I have good confidence in now and it's part
0: of my repertoire that's that's that's
1: great (laughs)
2: Yeah, I mean, and and it was, I mean, there were some, I think you saw today, I made some gifs of your, your first, you know, the, the the first start you had against the White Sox. It really is just a gorgeous pitch. I think the thing that I kind of love about it most is it doesn't have, like, I like a tighter slider, uh, and, yeah. and like, it just falls off at the last second. I mean, I feel like it tunnels well with that fastball, probably, and the next thing you know, guys are swinging at it, and it's like, you know, six, seven inches below their bat. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about, I mean, you, you hit you hinted on it briefly there a second ago, but, like, that's kind of a unique story where a guy comes and, like, all of a sudden he finds a pitch that he has a lot of success success with. Can you talk about how you had to change up your arsenal a little bit to, to incorporate it?
1: Um, you know, it kind of, when I first started throwing it, it kind of affected the curveball a little bit. But now I throw everything the same arm speed. I was slowing down my arm with the, with the curveball, and uh, it made my curveball a lot slower, and guys were picking up on it. So now I... I had a thought in my head, but one not I just throw every pitch the same, you know. And it's just a part of maturity. And as soon as I started doing that, the curveball velocity bumped up, the slider got nasty, and the and it. And when I started throwing it too, it was like 80, 82. Now it's like 85 to 87. Good touch 88. And like sometimes, you know, I saw in one of those clips you had against the White Sox, it backed up and was kind of like a sinker almost, you know, or a mm. changeup. <laughs> And you know that plays too because guys aren't expecting that pitch to go that way. So sometimes I use the back up slider to my benefit too.
0: Interesting, yeah. And, and more about that that approach that you have. Um, something that was kind of odd that I saw in September, the last three starts you had last year, uh, or actually rather relief appearances, uh, I should say. Um, you you decided to pull back on that slider a lot. You were throwing it twenty five to thirty percent. Sometimes his eye is 37% of the time. And then last three starts, you had 15%. And then you didn't even throw that slider in your last two relief appearances, favoring a lot more curveballs and changeups. Was that because you didn't necessarily have a feel for your slider at that point? Or was it some sort of approach change that you really wanted to focus on?
1: No, I think it was just I didn't have a feel for it. You know, I was mm-hmm. trying to get used to coming out of the pen. And once you, you know, guys that have been in the pen, the veteran guys, for like 8 to 10 years, they know that they have their stuff. And, like, for me as a starter, you know, I can gradually build off each inning and get used to it, you know. Yeah. And I, some of those times when I was coming out of the pen, you know, I didn't really have that uh, time to get it going and have that feel to throw it whenever I wanted, you know. It was just it was just tough. So I was just getting used to the routine because I've always been used to routines. I'm not saying it's an excuse, but mm. now that I understand what I have to do to get ready for these relief appearances, whatever the team wants me to do, I'll be ready.
2: So you I mean you're you're on a team with a lot of guys who really like to elevate that fastball, right? Like Trevor May is very good at elevating the fastball. Jake yeah. O'Dorizzi is very good at living upstairs with that fastball. And when you look at your 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 fastball plot on a website like Baseball Savant, you also do a, a pretty good job of going like it looks like up and away to righties. I believe this is from the yeah. catcher's perspective. Is that something that you're you're conscious of? I mean, cause also like you you, you know, your your fastball spin is you know, is by no means poor, but it, it's yeah. not like the elite levels that we see with yeah. some other guys so that can you talk about your process with how you're trying to elevate that four seamer
1: well with me it's deception you know i don't it looks like i'm throwing a lot uh, harder than i actually am because i'm so smooth with my motion but like wes johnson and um josh cole with the twins um they, we talk about like Literally, like what he was saying with the plot, you know, carry the fastball and then play the curveball off that. So with me, it's all about elevating because that fastball and the carry, I've got really good carry. I don't have good spin efficiency, but the carry is like 21, 22, and that's where that's probably like the elite level. Yeah. What we work on is carry and working off, working what I can work off the fastball up, like throwing the change up off that or the curveball to a righty or lefty, you know, it just depends with that stuff. So it's just all about mm-hmm. analytics now, and um, I don't really get it, but whatever they tell me, I try it. And I'm <laughs> like, <I'm cool>. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, that's
0: uh, that's great though. There are a lot of people that don't get it, and because they don't get it, they just stay away. You know, they yeah. they say this is abnormal to me or you know, it's unknown, so I'm just going to do what I used to do. So it's yeah. good that you're so, at least embracing yeah. it as a conversation. Yeah. Um, with Wes,
1: with Wes, I tell Wes, I'm like, Wes, listen, like, explain it how you'd explain something to like a. 15-year-old or 10-year-old, you know what I mean? Like, mm. just just tell me what to do, and I'll do it, you know? and That's great. I like everything he's told me to do, you know? It's well, well right. To, I mean,
0: you're a starter, and you've been asked to, to relieve a lot of games. And I, I kind of want to talk about that, that rookie year for you. Um, I actually don't know if it qualified fully as rookie, but really just your first year in the bigs, and that's such a huge moment, of course. For everybody. Yeah. And we, of course, really excited uh, you know that you, that you got that opportunity last year. And we're looking forward to more of them in the future, of course. And going back to, to June, it was June 30th uh, in 2019 that you finally got your first taste of the big leagues. You had a fantastic start against the White Sox. You fan seven batters and five frames. So how did you find out what, that you were starting for that game? And can you walk us through what it was like pitching your first MLB game?
1: Yeah, so... I got called up. We're in Penn, Lehigh, Pennsylvania. I got called up. I think they went like 19 innings against the uh, Red Sox the night before or something. So I get to I get to Chicago and it's I'm thinking I'm pitching that night relieving because I had no arms and uh, I think it was Barrios that went eight or something. So um, but I get there right at game time, so I quickly eat something, put my uni on, and didn't pitch that game. So I come out. I'm like, all right. And then go to bed, wake up the next day, and I'm thinking I'm definitely pitching today out of the pen. We got Big Mike on the mound. He usually goes like a good five or six innings, and um, so that's when I thought I was pitching. And then we ended up didn't u- didn't use me that game. And then it was day three. My uh, my parents ended up surprising me for that game, which was awesome. But uh, um, what's it called? Wait, no, the night after Big Mike pitched they called me into the locker uh into the manager's office and Rocco's like yep you've got the ball I'm like oh shoot I'm starting I was like all right (laughs) it's great it worked out perfect my parents just surprised me they got in because I told them to stay because I didn't know when I was pitching I didn't want to waste that money on that flight because then I'd be back down in AAA because I knew that stint wasn't going to last long which it didn't after my start they sent me back down but that's all part of the game but um you know, it was just an amazing experience, the way it worked out, and the way my parents got to see my debut, and it was awesome, you know, I loved it.
0: That, that's amazing, and so they're flying from Australia, correct?
1: Yeah, they flew from Australia, um, my agent Sohal set all that up with the twins, uh, travel director uh, Mike Herman, they all got together, and they, I don't know how they did it or how they pulled it off, but God was definitely on my side. Yeah, that, or whatever that, however you want to call it
0: that, that's just great i mean these are the kind of things you kind of forget about i mean it's pretty easy obviously from where we are just to really forget that everyone is you know human this is a major point in your life yeah and just the he logistics got- and everything to to create this moment that your parents were there for your first star. i mean that's that's fantastic yeah. and you know and you fanned seven in five frames i mean that couldn't have gone any better for you
1: oh no it went it went uh, I didn't. I didn't expect to do that well. You know what I mean? Cause nerves. But as soon as I got on the mound, you know, it was just like any other game. Like besides that little third tier on the top level, but besides that, it's just baseball. You know, it's a kids' game. It's what everyone loves to do. That's why we play the game. And just to, you know, even for me to step out on that field and play with the talented players that there are, it's just it's still a surreal feeling. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's I think. <laughs>
2: I figured maybe like Jose Abreu told you had tight pants or something, so you were like, I'm coming up.
1: Uh, yeah, he's the way. Who was it? Was it wasn't, no, it was Moncada that hit that two-run home run off the end to change up. He's, yeah.
2: Yeah. I couldn't
1: believe that ball got out, too.
2: That's was, Br- like, that oh, rabbit oh, ball.
1: Oh, yeah. It was, I was like, Julie, that one's going to get caught, and I see Baxton scale the wall. I'm like, oh, no way he's going to catch it. Mm. And I went over. I'm like, how does that ball get out?
2: That's brutal. Uh,
1: So yeah, that is what it is.
2: You have guys like Buxton that you've probably you know played in in the in the minor leagues with and stuff. So, but what is it like? You know, what was that like? Kind of hanging out in the clubhouse aside from you know guys that you've played with. Who are the guys that you uh, you know certain players that helped you get acclimated early? I imagine you felt pretty comfortable when you came up, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was like a little intimidating, and you just kept to yourself.
1: Um. No, I'm see like everyone knew me because I've been in the organization for eight years. And like all oh, like Duffy, the Rogers, May, they all knew me, so like they made it pretty comfortable for me. And like Kyle Gibson, he's not with us anymore. He was, he was a big uh, factor in it too. And uh, you know, just having um, who else was there? Kepler, me and him being from different countries. Buck, you know, everyone, everyone made me feel warm and welcomed. And it was, uh, it's just a good bunch of guys, man. I tell you what. There's nothing like the twins and how they run stuff, and it's just like a family organization. You know, you know what I mean?
0: Oh yeah, I mean from what we heard with Trevor May, it was you know we only got like the best best review of your club. It's great.
1: Oh, Rocco, Derek, and Thad, and all the just everyone from from the trainers, weight room staff. You know, they just want everyone to be comfortable and happy, and they they work around you. You know, they want us to get our rest and everything. So it's it's very chill.
2: It sounds like you have some characters, too. May was telling us that Romo is just kind of like a hilarious dude.
1: Oh, I love Romo. Me and him hit it off the first time we saw each other in Miami. He's the same guy as me. His personality's awesome, man. He's a kid. He's a kid, <laughs> and he's, he's, he's a man. You know, he's one of the nicest and humblest people you ever meet.
2: That's awesome. That, that, that's just super cool to hear. Um you you have a changeup in your arsenal that that's that sort of uh um in its limited usage it's shown a super super high ceiling. I mean it, it looks like it can be a really fantastic pitch. What what kind of grip is that pitch, and how are you kind of how are you trying to work that into your arsenal, or is it not something you're really focusing on?
1: No, I'm I'm trying to focus on every pitch, but the changeup I just um right above my fingertips, go right above where the rolling sign is on the ball, right where the train tracks are, so it's like a two-seam change-up, and I just throw, like, a fastball, you know, it can, it can get kind of hard sometimes, like 85, 86, but I'm just trying to make it look like a sinker almost, you know what I mean, just to get the, just to make sure that hitter is gets his timing wrong, like, not what am I saying, like, he gets his timing off, you know, so he's just not comfortable in the box, and uh, you know, it's still a work in progress to change-up, I've still, I've still got confidence to throw it, but there's definitely some tweaks that we could do to it.
0: So I have to, okay, I heard you just say uh, the railroad tracks for talking about a baseball. I love that phrase. I've never heard it before. And now you have my mind going Um, because obviously, you know, the culture of Australian baseball is something that we're not too privy to. Are there certain terms that either, A, you have from Australia that we don't say here or we say here that you weren't aware of when you showed up?
1: Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think now, like, because I just haven't played in Australia in so long, so I know there are terms that we use, but, like, probably they're more, nah, I don't know, I've got to think about that one, I'll get back to you on all that right. one. So right. right. yeah.
2: yeah, we put you on the spot there, <laughs> we, and we, yeah. all, listen, we only have uh, one or two more for you, because I know, you know, you're a busy guy, and we don't want to take too much time all right, away you.
1: Right. Uh, so we're just talking. yeah. <laughs> We're, yeah, there's one yeah.
2: question that I like love asking every pitcher because you guys have just like a freakish memory to me. Uh, yeah. And it, it, is there one sequence? I mean, you brought up the Moncada one, a, a changeup that you know it was hit for a two-run homer that probably shouldn't have been. But is there one yeah. sequence that has stuck with you through your career, be it in Australia and America or wherever? Is there one that like kind of pops out to you just to put you on the spot again?
1: <laughs> um. I think there is. I think it was. I think it was against the Yankees. Mm. My uh, second time up in the big leagues, and I was facing Judge. It was runners on first and second, and I had one out. And I think a run already came in to make it six eight. And I'm like, up there, we had the lead. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. We got Judge on first and second. I fall behind two and zero. Oh. I go fastball slider down. And then Wes Where's Johnson comes out and he's like, Hey, how we doing? I'm like, where's I don't know, mate, like what's going on? Like he's like, relax and have fun. I looked at everyone, everyone had a smile on their face and I was like, All right, here we go. And that next pitch was a fastball down. He crushed it, don't get me wrong, but it was, <laughs> he he that thing probably came off at one one forty off the bat, but straight to uh, Polanco at shortstop and it was a double play to get out of the inning we I ended up getting my first major league win, so that was awesome. Oh
0: that nice. that was that's great. I mean we, we often ask about mound visits too and you just yeah. to hear you say, Okay, we're probably saying, Alright, it's two O count, this is how you're gonna approach it They're like hey you having fun? <laughs> you having a good time? That's you know Yeah, know, yeah, that's what
1: that's what yeah. Wes is like. He just keeps you loose out there, you know. He doesn't come out and he's like I'm sure he has done that to a few guys, but like if it's like a bad situation but like he just knew that it was my second time up. I still got nerves and we're playing the Yankees. And he just, you know, brought me back to, down to ground zero and just said, take a step back and have some fun.
0: That's great. So, um, uh, yeah. so, so, obviously, Australia is a huge country, but the baseball community is a bit small. We actually have a staffer, Benjamin Haller, who is from Australia, which is amazing. He often he tells us about the experience there, and he actually wrote an article on the site just about being an Australian fan of Major League Baseball, and I was wondering if you had any insight just on what names we should be on the lookout for in the future, if there's any budding young stars that we're just not privy to because we're over here.
1: Um, Mitchell Edwards, he's a catcher coming up. He's, uh, he's Dad John played with the Twins, but he's uh, I think mean he's like four years younger than me, and I, I don't know, I forget who he signed with. Um, Hold on, let me check it out. But he's a good catcher. He's got a good build to him and he can swing it pretty well. So, uh, he's, uh, he's a young prospect that's going to make it. Um, who else? Lachlan Wells with us. Lefty, another lefty. So in a couple of years, he could be up. He's, uh, he's from, uh, Sydney, Newcastle, Newcastle in Australia and Aaron Whitefield. He's in, uh, double A with us and he's a center fielder and he's got some wheels. You know, he could, he might get in a run for his money one day. We'll see. Oh man,
0: mm. we won't share this. We won't share this with Buxton. Don't worry. Yeah, don't All worry. Right. He,
1: he loves to <laughs> compete, so it'll be fun to watch. Nice. All
2: right. I looked up that uh, that hit against Judge. It had a hundred and two exit velocity, a 410, 410 expected batting average. But it doesn't matter because it was a double Who play. Who cares?
1: You know, double play. That's baseball. You know, sometimes you throw. Good pitch, it gets hit out. Sometimes you throw a bad pitch, you strike him out. You know, just, it just yeah, that's the way baseball works. It's wild, it's a great game.
2: <laughs> so the last question I have for you is like, I mean, first of all, you know, COVID sucks. We we all know that because I think, yeah. you know, I, I, I was super excited to watch you probably break camp with a twenty six man roster and just kind of dominate this year. Um and you've yeah. you know, you've been you've been doing this for a little while. Like you said, you've been with the twins for quite some time. You had that Tommy John surgery. Can you talk yeah. like People don't talk about the mental side of the game enough, in my opinion, because it's a a scary thing. No one wants to talk about anxiety. No one wants to talk about how it's such a mentally grueling sport. How how have you dealt with that the past couple of years? How do you deal with, like, the uncertainty of knowing when you're coming up or when you're coming down? I mean, like, do you feel like you're a pretty calm, cool, collected person, or does this stuff kind of, like, keep you up nights?
1: I never used to be. Now I am. But, like, during my rehab process, you know, I was out for three years and it came to a point where I'm like, am I ever going to come back? And I almost quit. I've never told anyone this. I was so close to quitting, but I had the support from my family, my friends, and the team, and they kept me going. They said there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, so I was like, all right, and then, you know, got back and worked my way back up and made it to the big leagues. But, like, even when you're back playing, you can't take this game for granted because, like, in AAA last year whenever i saw everyone getting called up called up and i started off a little song just like dude like what's going on i don't i just stopped like stopped really having fun and i just started having fun once you know someone someone came to me just like stop thinking and you know your time's gonna come i was like okay and then as soon as you said that two days later i was called up which is crazy you know like as soon as you stop as soon as you stop having fun that's when stuff goes downhill that's what i really and you can really get affected in your own head with all that stuff but you know um it's all about just keeping loose and enjoying the times that you have in this game
0: definitely um and if and there's something i will certainly say to hopefully keep it always fun you should be calling your fastball the torpedo if you don't call it already i know
1: that you want to copyright that and put it under, you made that one up so copyright it under your name well no, I, it's
0: all yours dude it's all it's yours it's all yours
1: <laughs> no it's it's
0: actually i'm taking it from from ian thorpe from the 2000 thorpe, sydney yeah. olympics of course yeah. but i uh, you should yeah you should definitely uh, we'll put that on a shirt for you how about that yeah
1: from this yeah the, that's going to that's what it's going to be called from now on the thorpedo love it right. we're gonna, we're
0: gonna
2: get a shirt made for you dude we're going to get you a thorpedo shirt not
1: we're not oh, even kidding I'll, we will do that i'll invest in him all, all, right. <laughs> all right, oh. I'll send. I'll send some money over, just uh, be made. <laughs> uh,
2: listen, man, we. I, I can't appreciate. I can't tell you how much we appreciate your honesty and you taking the time. And listen, oh, yours are the kind of stories that make us want to watch baseball. And we're so excited to see you on the mound. Whenever this is all over, we're going to be making gifts of your stuff all year because it's filthy, and and that's what we like to see. So uh, seriously, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. We we really can't say thank you enough.
1: Really, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Nick and Alex. I appreciate you guys for having me on the show.